Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host. And today I have Elia Harris, who is the Chief Innovation Coach at the Potential Center. Elia, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Matt. Yeah, so um, I'd like to just start off, you know, our... uh, our audience is primarily small and mid-sized business owners. And so we want to share with them something from your background, how you're helping that kind of uh, the, that marketplace. And maybe we should start by just have you tell a little bit about your background in business and and that type of thing. Sure. My background is not a traditional background. I have many elements to it, and I think that contributes to how I ended up where I am today. Uh, So I actually trained to be a teacher and then decided not to go into teaching secondary education. Um, Having said that, I've incorporated a lot of teaching in my career over the years. Uh, So I went into marketing and did that for a while and then decided to move into the nonprofit sector because I felt I was more able to make a difference that way. And I went up the ladder and I ended up in leadership roles at a handful of nonprofits, both in the UK and the US. And uh, that's where I developed my interest in leadership and also in creative problem solving. So um, I've been going back and forth for most of that time between leadership roles and doing training and coaching in creative problem solving, leadership skills, and communication skills. Uh, I also have been a productivity coach, helping people be more productive in the way they work. And I also taught English in Mexico, so so I have a very broad (laughs) background, (laughs) but I came back to my my love of creative problem solving and innovation uh, in 2019. Okay, great. Yeah, like you said, really varied, but all around, I would say, kind of human potential and and bringing out the best of people and, and teaching and communicating them so they they become better versions of themselves, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. What uh, what was the transition from maybe those nonprofits and this kind of varied background? Was there a point where you kind of turned the page and become a business advisor or was that sprinkled in throughout those years? It was both accidental and intentional. Um, The intentional part was that after I had myself been on a leadership training course and realized that I was doing everything right uh, and that I wanted to pass those skills on to other people, that's when I started doing my own training 
uh, for how to be a trainer, you know, train the trainer, so to speak. Um, So that was the intentional part. The, The accidental part was when I got laid off of one of my jobs and uh, or the job at the time and the CEO told me well you've been talking about wanting to be a trainer maybe this is your opportunity so that was the accident (laughs) well that turned out to be uh, fortuitous right and how long have you been doing your own thing you're as a, a trainer a coach all told about 10 years. So I started uh, doing training in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, as I explained, my my career path hasn't exactly been A, B, C, D. So, uh, but it it has altogether been just over 10 years. I think it's um, 11 years at this point. Okay. What kinds of businesses, whether that's size, geography, industry, you know, tell us a little bit about the the clients you serve. What 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 can you tell us about those? Yeah, I particularly enjoy working with uh, small to medium sized enterprises, as well as social enterprises and nonprofit uh, sector organizations. And I especially like working with new managers because I think that they face so many challenges, even more challenges now than ever before. And having been a new manager myself several times over, I can identify with um, the, the issues that they're having. I can understand the challenges that they're facing. So I think that um, they they understand that I understand them when we're, okay. you know, in a coaching session or in training. Okay. Um, and so uh, industry across various industries, you said nonprofits are part of that, but within uh, profit-based businesses, any particular industries that you had more success in than others? Um, I- it's more a case of who I want to work with. I have a very special place in my heart for sustainability uh, enterprises. So um, that's, that's the direction that I like to go. Um, As long as I feel that there's some kind of a connection and affinity um, with an organization, I'm happy to work with them as long as they feel they can work with me. That's the important thing. So, you know, whether it's a startup, I put my hands up and say, I'm not a techie person. So mm-hmm. that may be an area that isn't such a good fit. Okay. Um, but I'm always willing to have that conversation to see where the fit lies. What portion of your clients are there in the Seattle area versus, you know, I think a lot of us are doing a lot more remote consulting and coaching. Yeah. Um, It's about half and half. Um, You know, you get known in the area where you live. Mm -hmm. So that's no surprise. And of course, I relaunched my business just before the pandemic. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, like a lot of other people, I had to pivot. And uh, that's where the uh, virtual side of the business started taking off. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what Happened to us. We we were literally. I was literally down in Dallas uh, doing a kind of our first launch of our official product service kind of a thing in March 
uh, early March 2020. And it was on my way back where I first heard of COVID and NBA was shutting down. And I was like, what in the world is going on? But uh, yeah, like you said, the silver lining is it, it forced us, like you, it sounds like, to pivot, to be able to make sure that you could be effective remotely as well and virtually as opposed to uh, only in person. So, yeah. And actually, you know, that, that um, was an opportunity for me to also think about what I wanted to do with the potential center. And um, I came to the conclusion again, accidentally, I I think a lot of things happen accidentally with me um, that the way I work with people in terms of the way I train and the way I coach is, it's about two things. It's about developing leadership skills and it's about helping people facilitate creative problem solving. And I had been talking all along at that point that being able to facilitate creative problem solving actually makes you a better manager, a better leader of a high performing team. And then I realized one day it's actually the way I combine the two that in a lot of cases, you can find leadership courses and you can find courses on how to do creative problem solving. But as far as I'm aware, I'm the only person that actually merges the two together. And I think this came about because I was assessing what I had to offer in a virtual environment. And I realized that I know how to do both of these things. And if I can get people solving problems faster, you know, that's my ultimate goal, mm-hmm. then why not? So, you know, he- here I still am combining developing leadership skills with facilitating creative problem solving. Okay. When clients come to you and it's a good fit, uh, you know, what what kind of challenges are they bringing uh to the table, you know, whether what's the pain point that they come to you and say, Hey, it seems like you could help us with this. What are some of those top things? Um, there, there are two basic things that people generally say. One is that they wish their team was more productive. Okay. And the other is they wish their team came up with better ideas. Mm. And the two often go hand in hand. So uh, those are the two things that that I actually work on with either in coaching or in training. And uh, what I also did to help those uh, leaders who wanted to work on their own um, is I developed a course called Lightbulb Moments. And it's a podcast style course. And it basically takes everything that I do in coaching mm-hmm. and puts it into that course, which has a workbook with it so that people can learn in their own time at their own pace. And there is a coaching session included in that. So they still get a little bit of time with me. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, was that something that you did post COVID and and saw that as a, a new product to bring to the market? Yes, indeed. Okay. Um, tell us, tell me just a little bit about the light bulb moments. What what are some key principles? You know, when I think of creative problem solving, um, can people who not who aren't creative get better at creative problem solving? And and how do you help them to do that? Sure. So light bulb moments is the whole package which combines leadership development and facilitating creative problem solving. <clears throat> The framework that I developed for 
uh, facilitating creative problem solving is called light bulb thinking. So that's part of light bulb moments. So okay. the framework, it's, it's very simple. And I purposely kept it simple because I, I, I think too often we overwhelm people with information. So there's four phases to light bulb thinking. The first one is planning. And part of that is making sure you get the problem right. The second phase is ideating. And that's all that juicy brainstorming stuff that, that we do. Right. The third phase is choosing out of all those ideas that you come up with, how do you choose the one or the ones that you move forward with? And then the fourth stage is either implementing or innovating. So it may be that you have almost all the resources in terms of budget and people to implement your idea. So, you know, just go ahead and do that straight yeah. away. Okay. Or you think the idea is worth developing as an innovation, in which case that's a whole other path that I can help people with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, that's, that's simple, uh, but uh, gives people a framework. Do you think just having uh, steps, just kind of being able to organize that a little bit, for them is part of the value and that a lot of times it's just kind of a, I don't know, a free for all uh, is normally what you see going into a client. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think that people are overwhelmed by the thought of having to come up with create creative ideas and they, they simply don't know how to do it. You know, even if they have an MBA, it's not the kind of thing that you learn in right. business school. No. So this is why I spend a lot of my time demystifying this process of creative problem solving. It's why I came up with the light bulb thinking framework mm -hmm. so that you can take things one step at a time. Because I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I find that I'm more successful. The more time I put into planning something, mm -hmm. the more likely it is to end up with a positive result at the other end. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, we we have some of the same ideas around problem solving. That a big part of it is formulating what is the problem that you're trying to solve, right? And if you don't get that planning done, it sounds like that's what you refer to it. Uh, you're you're headed down. Well, it doesn't focus the team, right? You're not clear what is even. Um, trying to be solved and everybody's coming up with a wide range of ideas, but they may be totally inapplicable. To exactly. And the other important thing about that phase is that you want to make sure that the goal that you have, which comes from identifying the problem correctly, is in line with the organization's mission, its vision, right. its values. Um, because if you spend all this work going, chasing after an idea that doesn't align with that, you've just wasted so much time and effort. Yeah, no, that's great. I was wondering if you could share maybe one or two stories of businesses or individuals that are within smaller mid-sized businesses of what the situation was, how you came alongside and had a lasting impact on that business, on that team. Sure. Um, when I was living in the UK, um, there was an organization in one of the counties around London that uh, it was kind of like a small business administration. Oh, okay. 
And they were uh, starting to work with social enterprise leaders. Um, and I think here they would be uh, B Corp um, is what social enterprises are here. Okay. So um, the manager of that program came to me and said, you know, we haven't done a lot of work with social enterprises. You have. And we want some way of giving them support because they were all from very small organizations. A lot of them had moved into these leadership positions without any training. So mm -hmm. what I developed for them was a six-month program. The first month was weekly training sessions, and the, the, it was a maximum of 10 participants so that they could get, you know, a lot of time with me. So uh, training and some one-to-one -one coaching time. And then we moved into monthly peer-to-peer -peer coaching sessions, the idea being that they had the opportunity to put the principles that they'd learned into practice by coaching each other. Okay. And that had a very good result. So 90% of the people reported that the course met the, their expectations for useful information and practical advice very well. And when I went back to uh, the advisor some months later, she said that, you know, most of the leaders, one or two had difficulties, but most of the leaders were still uh, benefiting from that training that, and they, they kept in touch with her and appreciated that training. Okay, cool. Um, how, this is maybe off topic, but how long were you in the UK? I was there for 25 years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was with a, a social enterprise over in the UK, really developing what sound like was maybe not young, but new, new leaders, <clears throat> new managers, getting them the skills and um, uh, making them successful to, to facilitate the success of the business or the organization. Uh, what's, what's maybe a, another opportunity that you, uh, for you to have that lasting impact? Uh, so one of the clients that I worked with was a technology college also in the UK and they had an issue where there were students that were um, bunking off school. You know, they, they just weren't turning up. Okay. And they started putting some, um, sorry, I'm going to start again. Um, they started putting some um, restrictions into place, some penalties, and they felt bad about it because they felt that there was something more that they could be doing. So they brought me in. I worked with the senior leaders at the school and we discovered that the students weren't engaged in their academic um, path. And so we came up with some ideas um, and one of the things that I did with them because they were so unused to brainstorming was I made it okay for them to come up with silly ideas. Okay. And this, <laughs> oddly enough, this is one of the best principles when you're brainstorming is that sometimes the sillier the idea, the better. So I was able to model some silly ideas and it really got them going. So uh, one of the things that they did was they carried out a survey among students and they discovered that 
the students really wanted more time with their teachers. They wanted more mentoring time. So they put a mentoring program into place and they also established a student peer-to-peer coaching program. So, you know, kind of a a buddy system. Um, And that worked really well. Uh, They took on board those principles in terms of not always relying on themselves to come up with the answers, but also involving the students or some of the staff who worked more closely with students in terms of advisors to uh, come up with ideas and, you know, listen to the students themselves. And so they, that through that exercise or that series of exercises, they were able to improve the attendance rate, their um, graduation rate increased by something like 20%, which was uh, pretty good considering the the area of London that they were in. So, you know, really some some good achievements there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that plays into your educational background too, right? So, yes. Yeah. as we uh, kind of come to the end of our time, I'd like you to share mm-hmm. any kind of general advice, maybe uh, a word of advice for business owners, small to mid mid-sized enterprises, their owners, leaders. If there's kind of one theme that you've seen, maybe a, a shortfall or a gap that's common, um, what, what would you say to them? I'm going to give a slightly different answer to the question that you asked, Uh, coming back to the fact that it took me a while to recognize that the way I combine developing leadership skills with facilitating creative problem solving is unique. Mm -hmm. So from that, I would say, take time to find what your USP is and then shine a light on it because that's what's going to separate you from the rest of the market. Okay. So really make it honing in. And that's what it sounds like you've done, right? Is you, you found the two ingredients that when put together are unique and that's what you're suggesting for business owners to make sure they've taken the time to see what makes them, their organization unique in the marketplace as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Elia, that's uh, that's great. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, get in touch with you to learn about how you might be able to help them with those two things, the, the combination of management training and creative problem solving and increasing and improving those skill sets in their organization, how could they reach you? Two ways. Uh, they can go to the website, which is thepotentialcenter.com. There is a contact page on there. There's also a calendar if you want to book a strategy session with me, a free session just to start the conversation. The other way is just to email me. Um, and instead of spelling out my name and risking getting that wrong, I came up with the email address, hello, at thepotentialcenter.com. So two easy ways to get to me. Okay, so thepotentialcenter.com or via email, hello, at thepotentialcenter.com. We'll put that in the podcast notes so you can easily reach out to Elia. And uh, again, I appreciate you being a guest and tell us a little bit about how you're impacting small and mid-sized businesses, both in the UK and here in the States. 
And um, we appreciate our audience too listening in and we're sure that you'll get some value here as a business owner, some new ideas that you can apply to making your business more exceptional. So we thank you for your time and hope you'll join us on our next episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com, or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.